0: Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 37th dose, and it's called a nervous system. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some magic things that I've found in the real world. By this, I mean things that have... Touched me with awe or sparkle or wonder or helpfulness, things that seem kind of cunning and tricky, but in a hopefully helpful and loving way, and that are in the real world that I encounter with my physical body, with my sort of normal, like, day to day existence. I'm fascinated by the intersection of our spirit and our emotions with our physical world, and on this podcast, I share with you some of those discoveries in hopes that they will also be helpful to helpful to you. And I'm making this particular episode because I want to share with you a bit of a it's sort of a simple idea, but it also has profound implications. And something I've been personally learning, especially over the last probably two years or so. And I think it might be helpful to you or to people you interact with. And it's about our nervous systems as humans. And I'm going to explain this in not technical terms. Technical terms are not really my forte, and I'm going to stick with my forte on this one and explain this in anecdotes and uh, maybe poetics like uh, metaphors. And you may have the technical knowledge that backs this up, you may have technical knowledge that calls this into question. Uh, As usual, I share from my experience and hope that you can filter out what is helpful to you. So, nervous system. I am discovering that the state that my body is in, my nervous system, really affects how I am in the world. So you may have heard of things like the fight-flight response. Sometimes it, we, I've heard it added on freeze or fawn as different ways that we respond when we sense danger. As human animals, when we feel in danger, we have these responses. And they're happening in our nervous system. They're like a response that our whole body gets and it engages our hormones and our muscles and our brain and this is where all the technical stuff would have fancy words to explain what's going on but you've probably felt it you've felt the desire to fight when you sense a threat this could even be in words to defend yourself when you something about your personhood feels threatened it could also be the desire to flee when you want to run out of a room or escape a situation, uh, or just like leave. It could be a big life fleeing of needing to leave a town to leave a relationship, or it could be just a small, like, we got to get out of here. Uh, a freeze could be like a paralysis of really not knowing what to do next of not being able to get out, not wanting to get out of bed. Uh, just this, like deer in the headlights kind of feeling. And when I've heard the fawning one added, I can identify with this one where we, uh, like play nice or start flirting. And that sometimes our response, I would hazard that women are particularly good at this one, that, um, If we're in danger, sometimes the safest thing to do is, like, suck up to the person, is to get on their good side and play really nice and, uh, yeah, like, fawning or start complimenting somebody. And this can be strategic for our own safety. So, all of these responses to danger and others that I may not have listed, I want to establish that they... Are useful. Like our system came up with these responses because we were trying to protect ourselves. Sometimes it's a very literal physical threat, but if it's an emotional threat or a spiritual threat or a psychological threat, we are trying to protect ourselves. And so as we explore how maybe we want to change our reactions, it's important to really be kind in this acknowledgement that our systems were trying to help us they were trying to protect us and if they were if they now if our syst- if our responses now seem maladaptive w- judging them as previously bad is not it's not helpful and when we look at other people's responses and we think oh gosh how could they just da 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 how could they just run away how could they be so paralyzed and not know what to do their whole system is really doing its best to figure out how to react and protect itself so i am growing in my i guess it's a is it appreciation it's understanding of how much this influences so if your nervous system is in a reactive danger response it's going to be it's almost like frazzled Like it's like having a completely different wiring or it's like the weather inside you is totally different than if it's calm and we may be so used to a certain operating level of For example, being afraid, like a baseline of being afraid or a baseline of being insecure or in some sort of drama loop that we don't even realize how much our system is still in that mode. This affects our hormones, things like cortisol, like your whole biology can be different if you're in a perpetual state of stress. Basically, stress would be the big overarching word for this. And that change, so calming down that system, is actually its own kind of threat or disruption. So often, we actually perpetuate this the circumstances that we're used to, because that's what our system is well-tuned to run on. Now, I'm using kind of mechanistic language, and that's problematic, because I believe our bodies are different than just machines. So I'm struggling with the words I'm using here. So I want to give an example. Uh, (laughs) I have my hand on my heart (laughs) because I'm trying to calm my nervous system as I even explain this because it's still kind of tender to talk about. Okay, so one of the things I do to help my nervous system is I put my feet on the ground. Now I've got them like more than a hip width apart. Like I'm doing like a stable stance and I've got my hand on my heart. Take a deep breath. Now I'll see if I can explain this. So a few years ago for many years, I was in a more dramatic, life situation than I am now and I was moving around a lot uh, like physically not often in one place for too long Um, my relationship was more dramatic in that there was that's another story for another time it was more dramatic and I my internal landscape was more dramatic because As I've come to understand, some of my boundaries were not very clear and were often getting crossed, and then I was adapting. And it was just a wild ride. It was a wild ride, which included, like, moments of extreme ecstasy and moments of uh, despondence and despair. And two years ago in the summertime, I was in the process of leaving that life circumstance and relationship. And that in itself was dramatic. (laughs) And I was corresponding with a friend through voice notes, which I may have spoken of before. It's kind of training for these podcasts without knowing it. And I was telling her what was happening. And these voice notes captured some of the drama. And when i moved back to vancouver island which is where i live now um my life started to calm down uh like i was in one spot i had a home to myself with not a bunch of the previous situation there was lots of people coming and going from where i lived hosting travelers and workers and um so my my like my little house was calmer and life started, it's like the everything started to settle. And as it settled, it was disconcerting. It was like a different kind of stress to experience this lack of drama. And I, I think it's taken probably, a, it almost feels like that phase is over now, two years later. But the like, my system was so good and used to having a dramatic life that that the calm was disconcerting. And I remember noticing this in the first few months of that new calmed life, um, how, like, I was craving it. I was craving the experience of the... Um, like the stress of the highs and lows. It's like my, my system, I'm going to say my nervous system was actually really used to riding that experience of the intensity of the drama. And I craved it. It was like, I craved the chemicals of that. I would even say there was an addictiveness to it of like needing that, needing that rush, like the rush of the relief when the bad thing passed the the rush of the excitement like the drama is exciting and my system was really used to it so it's like if you had music going all the time and then you turned off the music it would be it would be like like you'd be a little bit frantic like what's going on it's too silent where's the music it kind of felt like that and because I had recorded these voice notes that like freely captured the raw drama. I would listen to the past ones. It's like, I, and I, at one point I realized what I was doing. I'm like, oh, I'm dosing myself with my own drama because, because I'm so used to this. I can't imagine life without this. So I'm like, I'm feeding myself my own. At this point, it was like, well, like it had, you know, happened a few months before. I needed to re-listen to it to experience a little bit of that emotion again because I couldn't imagine life without it. And it took a long time to settle and like recalibrate to life without that much drama. And, and now it's like I've kind of lost my appetite for it. <laughs> like, I, I still want life to be exciting and interesting but there's a certain quality of drama that like now I'm just like not interested in participating in and I share this story because I suspect that for all of you either yourself or somebody close to you you'll notice this happening you'll notice this um like being used to a certain amount of intensity and drama and I want to add this bit of compassion that we might look at that circumstance even either in ourselves or in somebody else and think oh my god just like snap out of it already and I'm telling you that that it's not really possible to end it really quickly like there's a there's a transition that takes recalibration and that similar to coming off of a another substance addiction there's a process and that there might be wonderful ways to speed up that process but it's a process and that your system is used to a certain way of operating if you're used to a certain amount of family stress this can also be hereditary like the circumstance that we grew up in or the city that we grew up in we could be used to a certain kind of like operating level of stress and we might easily think that less stress would be less stressful But I'm wanting to point out that the change of of becoming calmer and more relaxed is going to take your system some time. And that it will probably, like as if it was craving sugar or something, like be looking for the stress that it used to be used to. So if people are really used to working really long hours, holidays will actually be like, like difficult, like disruptive, almost stressful. Like the relaxation will be like, oh my God, what do I do with all this time? Yeah. On the other side or another story I want to put in the mix is when I was living on a sailboat for many months and there time and my whole system calibrated to a different pace of life. There was no set schedule, there was few people around, there was no shopping, there was limited cell service, no internet, it was like very much less going on in the way that society normally runs. And there was a lot of other things going on, like paying attention to the tides, to the weather, the wildlife, my own thoughts. I was reading a lot, just conversing with my boyfriend at the time. And so I noticed that everything that was going on, it's like it sort of expanded to fill the space of the time. So like a a book I would have time to really think about and dinner prep would expand and the few social interactions we did have took on like it's almost like they were magnified because of the the lessening of everything else and because my nervous system got used to this way of life then like for example coming back to the city was really jarring it was like whoa like overstimulation Like, there's movement in cars and so many people. And that similarly, if you were... Or similarly, on the other side, if you're used to a city, then it can be really, like, disorienting to go into the wilderness. Some people have never experienced, like, a day without seeing people, other than yourself or the person you're with. And... And I remember that sometimes, like, wow, I've had that experience, like, many, many times, and I actually love it. I love being, having days with hardly anybody around, or just me and my person. Um, I love those days. And some people never get those. So those are different, like, your nervous system is in a different state. And prolonged time in nature will will change how your nervous system is operating. So I also want to give this suggestion that if you haven't spent that much time in quiet nature, you may have never experienced what happens to your body in that state. I am struggling to describe it. My hands just keep doing this sort of like as if I'm carrying a big rock. Like it's just, it's it's weighty, it's heavy, not in a burdened way, but just like in a, it sort of grounds you, it like pulls you down to the ground. Yeah, in a way that busyness of city just can't. On a day-to-day level, the the state of our nervous system is going to affect how we interact with ourselves and with people and so i <laughs> the reason i want to point this out is because you may be giving a lot of weight to something that is actually only the state of your nervous system i don't mean only like it's smaller i mean only like you might it's like it's like the weather system inside you so You might be making these really big decisions or, like, conclusions. And what's actually happening is that you're stressed or hungry. Or that your nervous system is just in, like, overdrive. And you're responding out of of this place of stress or fear. And if you can relax your nervous system first, you'll have a different response. It's like... Like, this feels like a magic trick to me. This is why I want to share it. Like, I am amazed at how much better I respond when my nervous system is like chill. And I'm getting better at chilling it out and trying to live there more often. And this isn't like a numbed state of not experiencing life, it's just a state of like, there's a bit more equilibrium. It feels like my boat has like a deeper keel, so it's not rocked around quite so much. And if I if I notice my signs of stress, and instead of trying to respond then out of what the stress feels like it needs to have answered, if my first order of business is to try and regulate my nervous system to calm down, I notice that what I come up with out of that is just like a hell of a lot better. Like it's wiser, it's kinder it's smarter, it's like less dramatic and by drama I mean like needless um, no, maybe it's needful sometimes I uh, like, yeah, like uh, extra extra s- like tanglement that is not needed for the core of the situation if I can regulate my nervous system first I respond better some of the things that help me to regulate my system are good sleep, trying to eat well, trying to move my body, um, like going for a walk every day, dancing around, doing some yoga, moving this physical vessel and keeping it as happy as I can, um, snuggling calms my nervous system, just having somebody close who loves me and oh just like it's it's like a cat on your lap oh man this weekend having time with my lover and my cat well his cat I should say I would like to think it's mine but it's not the cat and just snuggling just like calms my system and sometimes I notice that when my system calms down the first thing that bubbles up isn't necessarily pleasant I might then finally realize something that's that's sad um so there's a kind of a, a caution in here that if you start calming down, likely the things that you haven't been able to process because you've been too stressed and like too much in survival mode, they're going to just come to the surface. Yeah, they're going to come to the surface. And so these skills of how to be kind to yourself, how to be supported by people around you become important. Um, so to review... I'm suggesting that the state of your nervous system really affects how you respond to life and those around you. And that even though we might think de-stressing is always unstressful, the change itself of operating in a different level of calm takes a recalibration. And so it takes time and that some of the reason why you might be experiencing like a loop feeling like, oh, I keep getting into these same situations. Or you notice somebody else keeping on experiencing a certain kind of drama or stress could very well be because that's what their system is used to. That's what it looks for. That's what it craves. So bringing some awareness to this can help you realize that you're changing the whole system and calibrating to a different weather system. And so that takes time and awareness. And it's going to feel like you're not getting what you crave at some point, even on the road to being more calm and relaxed and happy. And that a moment to moment, if you can calm your system down, I believe that we respond better from that place. So, yeah, I'm sending you love. I'm sending you... Um, some kindness, compassion, what is the word, a hug, I'm sending you, there we go, I'm sending you a hug, hopefully you can feel some sort of like tenderness um, for whatever you're frantic in right now, that I hope you can find ways to calm your system, maybe help calm somebody else, just in being present and hugging I believe will respond better in our small worlds and in the larger world as we get more used to a peaceful, calm internal nervous system thanks for listening I hope this has been helpful and a few reminders if you would like to get in touch with me you're welcome to do so on Instagram at magicforrealists and through the website magicforrealists.ca And I love hearing that you're listening, where you're listening from, and what your thoughts are about this. And if this has been helpful, I'd be thrilled if you shared it with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm sending you peace and love and a big hug. Until next time, I hope you experience some of the magic in the real world. Bye for now.